0: Please remain seated, you are now entering the nerd bunker.
1: to episode
0: 6. It is 6. It is
1: indeed. 6? It is 6. Um, welcome to episode 6 of The Nerd Bunker. My name's Hayley and my co-host is the beautifully bearded Mike. Hello. Now, if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you may have noticed that we tend to waffle on somewhat. <laughs> and what was supposed to be on a, a podcast of maybe 30 minutes to an hour, scarily went over that line slightly in the last episode.
0: Isn't a 40-minute introduction a a natural?
1: <laughs> well, that's what we seem to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the introduction is longer than the actual content. Um, so we're going to try and be a little bit more concise this episode. It probably won't work because I know but I start waffling on and nobody can shut me up because there's nobody here to slap me across the face. Um <laughs> so let's start and what have you been up to this week?
0: Well, this week I've been working mainly.
1: That's incredibly dull.
0: <laughs> well, you said to keep it short. Um no. <laughs> I've been working. <laughs> I played a few online games of D&D. But as for our normal round the houses of what we've watched, played and read, um I watched falling down the 1993 michael douglas film
1: oh i'm trying to remember if i've seen that or not
0: he's a bloke that has a breakdown in the car stuck in the traffic in los angeles and he's trying to get home to his little girl Ooh, i have and it just kind of starts going wrong for him and yes quite interesting how your feelings towards him change as it goes towards the end of the film i have
1: seen it but i'm sort of struggling to recall it
0: uh you probably remember the scene in them at the uh, whatever the McDonald's equivalent is in the film and he gets that little limp burger and he's like, what the hell is this? This isn't plump and plush like the picture.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a very good film. Yeah. He did quite, went through a phase of making quite good films and then he sort of, I don't know, disappeared somewhat.
0: He must be getting on a bit, really. I say that like like I'm a spring chicken, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was a film he did um, where everybody was playing some sort of a game where he thinks people are getting killed but it's all fake
0: it's not ringing any bells
1: oh, i can never remember anything.
0: basic instinct
1: no not basic instinct it's some sort of elaborate game and he sees people getting shot
0: now, let's consult the oracle that is imdb <laughs> fatal attraction no. wall street behind the candelabra no when, when was it in the 90s yeah a perfect murder the mm-hmm. game
1: yes the game it's called the game game.
0: we got there in the end folks
1: yeah yeah no that I remember that being really good Um, and being quite surprised when I watched it as well that it was good but sorry carry on this is uh, what you did not what I did Anyway, more about me.
0: (laughs) Um, The second thing I watched, the second thing that I watched I thought was actually really good and surprised me was uh, La Revolution on Netflix. And it's a dubbed, like you can have subtitles, but I've had it dubbed, Um, but it's French- television series it's a reimagined history of the french revolution never
1: heard of it um
0: basically it's the guillotine's future inventor discovers this disease that drives the aristocracy to murder the poor people the peasants it's actually really good beautifully shot um mm. all right it's not brilliant with the dubbing but the story in that gets over yeah. that
1: i i have problem with dubbing uh, Dubbin. um i can't cope with the mouth that doesn't move to the words i have to use subtitles i just can't be doing with dubbing yeah um it reminds me of watching old uh godzilla car- uh, cartoons godzilla movies with <sighs> my dad and um, and characters are giving it you know 10 miles a minute with their mouth and turn left <laughs> <That was eight.
0: laughs> normally it bugs the hell out of me but because this this the story is so brilliant i can kind of let it ride. Yeah. I, I thoroughly recommend that. It's well, um, it was like a nice little hidden gem.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, my other half said the same thing about uh, Money Heist that's on Netflix as well. Um, and he watched that dubbed and he said it's really, really good and you can't tell. Um, but I think I'd still have to watch it with subtitles, yeah, because I'm fussy.
0: Yeah, I I wholeheartedly recommend La, Revo- La Revolution on Netflix. Cool. Uh, reading, I uh, I gave up on Folly of the World. I quit halfway through. Oh. So so now I'm reading oh, Quitter, uh, Dark Harvest by Josh Reynolds, which is a Warhammer horror book from Games Workshop's Black Library. Oh, uh, it's okay. set in the Age of Sigma world which is unusual for me because if I read their stuff, I tend to read uh, the old world stuff. But it's all right. I'm only two chapters in, so it's just getting started, but it's okay. Uh, Listening wise, I've been listening to book four of The Wheel of Time. I've just started that. Yeah. And I've been listening to a podcast called We Fix Space Junk, written by Beth Crane. Uh, It's basically the story of people that fly around the universe fixing things for this big evil corporation that they owe millions of pounds to. It's a comedy, and it's it's actually really good. Oh, okay. So every episode, they they go and fix
1: fiction. Well, it obviously. was a device
0: on the prison planet that kept all the, all the prisoners sort of happy and content. Very much sort of it got it gave me that midsummer vibe where it's like all lovely and peaceful on top. Have
1: you seen that?
0: No, I've seen the trailer and bits and pieces.
1: I uh, it's it's on my to watch list. But I'm a little bit sort of, like, frightened because I go through... I used to be massively into horror films, and then, I don't know, I I just had to stop watching them. Um, And the saving is you can always watch a horror film in the day, and then it doesn't freak you out. But this is a horror film set in the day. yeah. So I'm a little bit... "Mm Am I going to be able to not sleep at night? Because the daylight is going to upset me. I I don't know. uh... I'm going to have to watch it now because I've thought about it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, We Fix Space Junk, I recommend that as a podcast. It's funny. It's got some interesting little ideas in it.
1: I've not listened to any fictional podcasts, actually. So maybe that's something I'll have to have a go at.
0: I, I, I like a lot of fictional podcasts. I'll tell you one I do like. Um, and it's tales from the magic tavern
1: oh I've got them on my list I think I've partially listened to a bit probably because you told me about them at some point
0: yeah it's about a guy who got sucked into a portal behind a Burger King yeah and he's ended up in this sort of fantasy planet and the whole all of the episodes I think are improv
1: oh okay
0: so they have no scripts or anything so it's all people improv in it all
1: oh we could do that we could do that we talk shit for hours and then (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but they remember it and write it into the story. It's like a game of D&D, but it's all without rules. It's so improv and and I, I do enjoy oh. that.
1: Oh, that sounds really cool. Oh, I might have another go at it. Uh,
0: and that's me done with my listening, watching, reading.
1: Okie dokie. I've not done masses this week. Um, I felt a little bit off it, to be honest. I don't know if it's the weather or... Uh, I've not got Corona, <laughs> um, but I did watch um, the Lego House, Home of the Brick. Um, just it's like a fifty-minute documentary on Netflix about the Lego House um, in Berlin, Denmark. That like the well, it's not a theme park, but you know, it's a place where you go to to play with Lego and see such Lego-associated things. Yeah, and it was while it was being built and they were just showing you how they built it and what went into it and the architect actually designed it specifically so that when you looked on google earth it'd stick out like a sore thumb and you'd be able to see it um, it's such a cool looking building and it's well it's going to be a couple of years but i really really want to take myself yeah. there i would say my little boy but that's a lie i want to <laughs> go <laughs> i'll take him as well but i want to go <laughs> that's,
0: he's the excuse to go
1: yeah yeah oh oh, we'll take him oh it'll be lovely yeah i'm like no me 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 um but it, the owner of lego now um it was his granddad that actually invented it And, you know, they're going through all archives and everything. And he brought out this really old um, Lego box. I think it was one at Castles or something. And there's uh, him as a kid on the box playing with it. You know, they have uh, kids advertising it and that. And it was actually him, which was quite cool.
0: Yeah. Have you seen... There's a video on YouTube. It's like a little animated thing. And it's the history of Lego. No... And it shows you how he went from like being a wooden toy manufacturer making wooden trains and pull along ducks and yeah, stuff yeah, um, yeah. into how they built the Lego Corporation because they suffered quite a few yeah. serious fires at the factory and stuff.
1: Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. They didn't mention that.
0: And it was just quite interesting there on about how. Um, is He'd go and look at injection moulding machines and stuff at an exhibition, and then yes. that gave him the idea for building the Lego bricks and stuff.
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're quite a fascinating company. I mean, they're still in the place where they started, and it's like the whole what was it called? What did I say? B- billing or Billund? It begins I think with it's a bi- Billand. Yeah, Billund. Oh, that must be auto correct. Thank you very much. <laughs> Billing, <laughs> billing, <laughs> no, because it's like the whole town, they like all work there. It's like some little elves' um, workshop, Father <laughs> Christmas business going off. But when I'm, I'm watching this documentary and they're talking about what they want to put into um, the Lego house, and they start talking about um, the restaurant and they're talking about having robots serving you meals and it like coming off a conveyor belt, and I'm just like okay um and they they, they've actually done it and you order it it's probably a bit like uh what's that yo sushi that comes round on the conveyor belt does not it
0: i don't eat fish so i've only seen it through the window
1: oh i only eat uh vegetarian the vegetarian ones (laughs) um (laughs) go to a sushi restaurant vegetarian please but yeah you order it you have to put bricks onto like this tablet thing you don't say oh i want fish and chips you have to get the brick that represents the fish and the brick that represents the chips and stick them together and put it in this machine and then a robot delivers you dinner and it comes in like this big uh, lego brick oh god it looks childishly awesome
0: yeah, but what if you wanted uh something special? you wanted a burger but without onions <sighs>
1: I would presume they have taken into account people that are difficult. So, <laughs> maybe...
0: No, ma- maybe somebody doesn't want cheese because they have a, a dairy intolerance.
1: Well, they'd just order a normal burger then, wouldn't they? And not a
0: cheeseburger. They might come as standard. I
1: don't know. I've not been... Um, I would... <laughs> I would presume there are ways and means and you are
0: not I'm um, going to email Lego and say, no, this is an outrage. <laughs> My friend has told me that you order oh like God. this.
1: I watched a bloody programme for 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that makes you an expert now.
1: I know. Um, but what what, what what? quite funny, um, they went down into this vault where they've got at least one copy of everything that Lego have ever released um, and they're turning it into a museum. Um, And they've got them all behind these, you know, glass cabinets and everything all laid out really nice. And they've purposefully left a couple of bits on the side for the owner to come down and ceremoniously place in the cabinet, you know, lock it off. You know, cut the red tape, right? (laughs) So old guy comes down and instead of putting these museum artefacts into these cabinets... It starts playing with it. <laughs> and he's like...
0: Rips open the box, <laughs> tips it out.
1: Well, no, no, they're, they're pieces that are made. And one was like an aircraft and he's giving right.
0: it... <laughs> a fair play to the old boy.
1: <laughs> and he's, o- he's opening the back and you can see the look on the woman's face that's, like, organised this museum. And she's like, oh, fuck, please put it down, don't break it.
0: Don't, don't drop it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was, a, it was a really interesting programme and it, I... it's only about four years since the place opened, I think. So, uh, you know, it's something that's been on my radar. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, Apart from that, I managed to squeeze in another episode of uh, Secrets of Cinema. Um, It was the British comedy episode. Um, I'm not going to spend an hour dissecting it and talking about it. Um, But the British people... Um, quite clearly, we like making idiots of ourselves and laughing at ourselves, um, which I think we sort of get off on in a weird way. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Um, and we absolutely love an underdog. Oh God, yeah. And um,
0: Eddie the Eagle. Yeah,
1: yeah. And through a lot of our our cinema in general, um, the theme of class comes in quite a lot and trying to turn the class system on its head so you know you've got the the rich family um, and the daughter brings home you know the working class lad and what have you um, and it's like this repetitive theme throughout our cinema yeah um but one thing one thing that I picked up on um Charlie Chaplin was British yeah I had no idea he was British not a Scooby Doo um so that was a miniature little nugget of information I shall store for uh, future use <laughs> um <laughs> the pub quiz yeah um but apart from that um i've started reading a book called afternoons with the blinds Drawn. um it's not mills and Boone, like you suggested
0: <laughs> i was keeping quiet i was gonna say it and like, then no
1: um <laughs> Pulled the rug from out, out from under you. Um it's do you know who Brett Anderson is? Uh the name
0: rings a bell, but I might be getting confused.
1: ding a ling a ling. Um he is slash was, depending on how you look at it. Um the lead singer of Suede. Yeah, that's
0: probably right. yeah.
1: Yeah. Nin- nineties band. Um, you know, you rise from nothing to success, make loads of money. Get smacked off your tits on cocaine, I presume. Um, the downfall and then the sort of slow rise to a minor comeback. Um, I haven't got that far yet.
0: So is it this life story or something then?
1: Um, it's actually a second book. Um, I've not read the first, um, so <laughs> I don't know what I spoke about in the first. But um, it's talking about... um the
0: Morning With The Blinds Open.
1: <laughs> Maybe, um, the band's rise to fame at the moment, um, and I know we just talk about um him falling out with a guitarist and that, because that was like my music in the nineties. I was into you know all the indie Brit pop business <laughs> it well you know i started off i think my favorite band when i was like what 13 was queen for oh everything's about queen
0: iron maiden for me
1: i like iron maiden but i didn't get to them till many years later i saw them when i lived in london and i wore a pink glittery cowboy hat <sighs> anyway um <laughs> <laughs> so you know any books that are sort of into the whole uh, rock star of the 90s thing i quite like reading because takes me back a little bit but um yeah apart from that not a lot else so we may move forward with our actual theme of this episode by, by the previous episode where we started talking about ufos and um, is about ufos <laughs> I distinctly jump on the side of the science. And I think you are slightly more on the conspiracy.
0: Whoa, well, well, don't paint me as a some Conan kind of Hutter. <laughs> in my tinfoil hat.
1: I don't have to paint you as anything that people know.
0: Oh, I wouldn't say I was a conspiracy <laughs> person. It was I just think there's space is too big for there to not be something else out there.
1: Yeah. And that uh you know that is
0: we can't be the only coincidence. The the only um, no, nah, it's just too big.
1: No, I I to uh, paraphrase somewhat. Um, his lord and master, Mr. Brian Cox, who knows everything about physics that there is to know about physics. If you do not know who Brian Cox is, YouTube him, Google him. He's um, he is to physics what David Attenborough is to natural history. Um, I think it's quite fab. God. <laughs> yeah. As he says, and as you basically just said, um, the chances are life does exist somewhere else. um, But how close is it to us? You know, it could be outside of our Milky Way and we're not going to know about it. They could literally be there right now and we don't know. Um, And there's something called the Drake equation, which basically um, mathematically... Um, works out based on probabilities um you know the chance of life being somewhere and i think it's hard for the average person to sort of process these kind of numbers
0: yeah
1: um you know there's 300 billion stars in our galaxy and we are currently aware of 4000 exoplanets um, exoplanets are planets that scientists believe could, in theory, support life.
0: So they're the ones in the inhabitable zone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're discovering more yeah. all the time. You know, it's 4,000 today. Or it was 4,000 uh, when he said there were 4,000. There could be more now. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> don't know how quickly it goes up. Um, but there's 200 billion galaxies in the universe. So, you know, three hundred billion stars in the galaxy, two hundred billion galaxies in the universe, it's like these are massive, massive numbers that we just can't sort of, you know, compute in our tiny little human brains. Do
0: you ever do you ever take your little one out into the garden and like look at the stars or the comics the comics? The comets and just think to yourself, that's mind boggling. Yeah. Sometimes at night I just look out into the darkness and I just think we're facing away from the sun and we am just i'm just staring into the depths of space here yeah it is it is
1: Crazy. it is crackers and fascinating all at the same time and it, it's kind of easy to see um you know how people would look into the sky and think about different gods that would be up there you know um going back to the i'm re-watching vikings um, and Thor and Odin and all that business or any any other god you want to think of because it's so amazingly sort of crazy up there. You have to attach something to it to give it a sense of normalcy so you don't lose your marbles.
0: Yeah, but why? You see, that's always... I know we're not doing religion, but one of my things is... <laughs> Here we go! Why? No, but why did and when? Why did we feel the need? Who were the first people to feel the need they had to believe in a, a higher being that is responsible for where we live and what happens.
1: Well, as as I understand it, um, basic, um, uh, what's the word? I wanted to say primordial, which clearly isn't the right word. Ancient, ancient religions were based on things like the sun and the moon. So, you know, the sun comes up. I don't know why the sun comes up. So it must be the sun god. yeah um which sort of moved on to things like stuff that grows in the ground and why is it growing why is it a good crop why is it a bad crop there has to be reason yeah, but
0: why why did the humans have to have, feel they have that what you know the dog doesn't go oh why is the sun coming round
1: yeah there there is oh, i don't know the name of the flipping guy that said it um i don't know psychologist theorist person um i should google it the worst thing to happen to man was the evolution of consciousness because it's really fucked us up (laughs) because all we do is stare at things and try to figure out why and when we can't find the answer we basically invent one
0: i was listening to a podcast about science and they were on about an experiment they were doing on a pig and they were doing something to this pig, whether they were injecting it with something. But they were aware that this pig was starting to develop a self-conscience. So they actually stopped the experiment.
1: Oh, Jesus. I don't know anything about that. They were
0: like, yeah, this pig's starting to get a bit self-aware and perhaps a bit too inure. We'll we'll knock this on the head.
1: Well, just to carry on that little rabbit hole for a minute, there's a video on YouTube that was doing the rounds. um, And it actually upset me a bit watching it um and it was a chimpanzee in a zoo um and it was one where they have like instead of having bars they have like a glass screen and they taught this chimpanzee how to do sign language yeah and all he kept asking was can you let me out and it makes me feel sad thinking about it now <laughs> Cause I'm like, this chimpanzee obviously has a level of understanding where he realizes he, he's in a cage, yeah. And all he wants to do is get out. And like the people watching it are like, oh ho, 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 look, he's signing, he wants to get out. How terribly funny! And I just think it's really, really sad. <laughs> but I'll come back out of that one. Um, on the uh, why we do what we do, religion. Um, I think another academically uh, trusted line of thinking. Um, we didn't really start believing in any sort of formal religion until we started living in bigger settlements and towns yeah cause when you when you live in a small small settlement you know everybody you know if johnny next door kills your wife you know about it and uh, <laughs> the um, the punishment is swift you know whereas when you live in a bigger settlement you don't know everybody um people get up to no good you don't know who's done it and um, things are happening and you need to feel that there's some sort of justice um and this thing's happening for a reason idea um karma if you want to say karma you know there will be retribution for the evils that have been done to you um and you've got to behave yourself or god's going to punish you Um, Or if somebody's done something bad to you, then God will punish them. I think it's just things along those lines... From your basic staring at the sky and wondering what the hell it is, you know. And as we've developed as a species and we live closer, we've needed something else. Yeah. Talking of intelligent life, um, most of our uh, history of our planet, we haven't had intelligent life anyway. Based on the... uh, how old is the Earth? I don't know.
0: Um, Um, Very, very old.
1: However many billions of years. Very, very old. Um, scientifically not religious age, um, you know, there was no intelligent life. So to assume that there is intelligent life out there um, is sort of a big leap because we've had all this time where we couldn't think or do anything. We were just like blobs in primordial soup. Yeah. And even now you can say we're intelligent life. If there is another planet out there maybe they're still in their primordial soup phase. So it's not only that you need to have one of these planets that also has life on it, but they also need to have got life at the same time as us. Yeah,
0: to, to be as far along as us then, you're sort of same, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and the chances of doing that, you know, it's like all these millions and billions of equations and... Um, mathematical computations, and you could miss it by a few thousand years. Yeah, and we never met, we never spoke, and that's it. You know,
0: because I suppose as well, we we kind of don't know everything that lives on our planet. Yeah, they keep saying we find so many new insects or fish in the bottom of the seas. So even if we say there's no life on there, we just might not recognise it as life.
1: Yeah, um, and I think they have also sort of surmised the, the idea of life, because you can, in science fiction, you can say, oh, well, maybe life is, I don't know, a pure gas, and we wouldn't be able to interact with it because it's a consciousness in gas or something, you know. I
0: might have to start on about my, my dark matter theory. <laughs>
1: oh, God is that an episode on its own
0: <laughs> no not really i just i just got this you know that dark matter is like 80 percent of the universe and we don't know what it is yeah i often wonder well, i often what wonder it? whether it's kind of like um sometimes these ghosts like the gin and all that the shadow figures are they from the dark matter side and it's just we can then get a little crossover and see it who knows i don't know because it's dark matter the we can't like- see it <laughs>
1: the people on the dark matter side might notice this other stuff that we're in and oh i wonder what that is yeah
0: they might they might be just like oh that human bodies just walk through me yeah i
1: mean you we don't we don't know and that is you know the great sort of problem that we have as humans and that it
0: we don't like not knowing yeah
1: um and it's not always that we can't find out either i mean if you think about when we used to well i say when we used to think the earth was flat (sighs) there does seem to be a slight recurrence of said theory um but when we genuinely thought the earth was flat it appeared flat you know there was no reason for us to think it wasn't flat we looked and it was flat. Yeah. It wasn't until we made a scientific breakthrough where we're like, oh shit, it's not actually flat, it's actually round. And all these other things start to fall into place. So it's like we've got quite a few pieces of the jigsaw, but not all of them, and we don't know what the picture on the box looks like. And we're trying to figure it out, yeah. you know. Um, and anytime I mean, God, the human ego is unrepressible um everything we do ends up being some sort of mirror image of ourselves in one way or another as the the films cinema um, anything to do with aliens it, it, it you know it's about fears of the time really so when the old fashioned sort of ufo films we you know when we were in the cold war the space age was just starting we were frightened of nuclear bombs and it was those fears that were then mirrored in the sci-fi films Of the time, but it is a fascinating subject because you don't know, so it is quite nice to just, you know, go back, look outside, and look up at the stars and wonder what if.
0: Yeah, anyway, let's bring it back to UFOs.
1: Mm. (laughs) Tell us about UFOs.
0: I know, well, there's the whole argument that the pyramids were built by aliens,
1: Stargate.
0: very good film
1: but that you say that's a theory um but why is it a theory because they are they look so fantastical nobody could possibly build it is that like the main crux of the theory i I think
0: it's to do with they're so well-engineered, I think they were saying. They're so well-engineered, you know, the gaps and the joins, everything's so perfect. Yeah. Um, it's to do with, they say, the sheer weight of some of them blocks um, and to do with the fact that they're so aligned up with the stars perfectly. Yeah. Um, I did see another theory about giants Ooh. having helped build pyramids, but that's another rabbit hole not to even go down. Yeah. <laughs>
1: See I'm I'm, su- I'm such a boring skeptic I'm afraid on all these sorts of things cuz you know I, I just I I had I wouldn't say an argument but a slightly heated debate with um somebody i used to work with that was quite religious um and she just kept banging on about the human eye and how you know evolution was a load of rubbish because the human eye was far too fantastic and it had to be created by a creator
0: she's talking bollocks.
1: yeah i mean the the evidence for
0: I'm sorry if i've offended any religious people that listen to <laughs>
1: we th- this is science this is what we believe in so you know um if people choose to be offended by that
0: I take my hat off in a church and I only visit the church because it's a nice building <laughs> yeah and that's about it
1: <laughs> but you know like like that argument about the human eye all you have to do is look in nature to see how eyes have developed and you know i know there's I don't know, there's not lots of little pyramids knocking about, so you can see, oh, that's how they made the small one. But I think, I don't know the, you know, 100% on the history, but these weren't pyramids that were knocked up overnight um when they set about building something it could be like a 20 30 year project um, and they were quite happy with that yeah
0: well not only that you also you've got the people the stonemasons building it and you'd like to think they know what they're doing and let's yeah. be honest there wasn't probably much else to do
1: yeah exactly um i mean i, I keep you're not
0: going to sit down and go sorry i'm watching netflix tonight you're like no i'm gonna go and build this <laughs> pyramid <laughs> And everybody in the village, town, city, whatever, was probably yeah, employed yeah. a bit...
1: We didn't have no better to do. Well, employed, I think, a few slaves. <laughs> it's like, you know, going back to Vikings again. Um, the Viking longships, when they first came to England, we were like, what the bloody hell is that? You know, it, it sails across the sea and it sails down shallow rivers well the bloody hell is this crazy technology that somebody's come up with you know and the Vikings were better at um, putting their bodies back together after they'd had a battle as well but they're the things that they'd experienced and it's what they had to work with so you know they got Really fucking good at building boats and putting the bodies back together, and we were a bit like, oh,
0: we'd also got placid by religion.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you know the the Egyptians had a lot of time on their hands, um, and they were very very long projects. Um And if your king told you that you were going to start building a pyramid, then you just sort of cracked on with it, really.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, according to Wikipedia, I googled, I was trying to find out when some of the first UFO sightings were. All right. According to that reliable source, Wikipedia, <laughs> some of the first ones are actually in the 12th century. Oh, Okay. In the year 1113, religious pilgrims in southwest England reported seeing a fire-belching dragon emerge from the sea, flying off into the air and disappearing into the sky.
1: And thus Dungeons and Dragons was born. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Obviously, there's you don't see pictures of UFOs anyway at the minute, but back then there was no way to yeah. do that. Now the next ones we've got are in the 13th century, so in January 1254 in St Albans uh, a, scro- a scribe not a scribe, a scribe <laughs> wrote of a glowing floating light recording it as thus in serene sky and clean air with stars shining and the moon eight days old, there suddenly appeared in the sky a kind of large ship elegantly shaped, well equipped and of marvellous colour
1: yeah, but what had they been smoking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> who knows uh, and in 1290, Friars of Byland Abbey described a flat, round, shining, silver object flying overhead of them. However, this report is a hoax. A hoax. So, apparently so.
1: I mean, we, as humans, we're incredibly susceptible to the powers of suggestion. Um, you know, watch a couple of Derren Brown programmes and you can see how easily our squiffy little brains are manipulated. Well, I can't remember what which program it was, but one of them, it was a um, a bookies but like a racing track, and he went up to, with a a losing ticket, and whatever he said, they didn't film this bit because they don't want you to see it. But the woman at the counter, he gave her this losing ticket, and she put it in the machine, and it obviously, loser. And whatever he said, whatever he did to her, he convinced her that it was a winning ticket, and she paid out on it. And afterwards, he went back and like gave her the money back and said, "Oh, we're filming for this." Da 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 da. But he managed to, you know, overcome her that much that she'd like risked her entire job by paying out on a losing ticket yeah. at this racetrack. And this, um...
0: so I can use that excuse when I buy something, and the wife's going, "Why have you got?" <laughs> must have. Brian me into to buy it. I didn't want it. It wasn't
1: my fault.
0: I didn't want that new car.
1: <laughs> but we...
0: But he was so persuasive.
1: <laughs> we... We... <laughs> the adverts. Well, I mean, companies spend millions and millions uh, to psychoanalyze our behaviors as shoppers i mean you go into a supermarket the eye level of certain goods where they're placed you know they are designed to make you buy more and we and again you know our brains are hardwired to look for patterns in everything And you see patterns where there are none. And your brain's fiercely trying to make sense of everything that it sees constantly. We actually don't see what's happening in front of us in real time. Um, I'm probably not great at explaining this. But... It's almost like an animation, you know, where it's a series of yeah. pictures and they're shown quickly together. So it makes it look like it's a seamless yeah. video. That's how our eyes work in real time. Because if we saw everything exactly as it happened, um, you'd like get dizzy and be sick because your brain wouldn't Don't be able to cope say with it. Don't
0: pigeons see at like a slower right than us and that's why they can dodge or was it a fly i don't know i don't know there was something i read
1: <laughs> was it a pigeon was it a fly no, no, some
0: animal i read and it sees <laughs> might have been a fly yeah and that's why it can move out the way of you swatting it quicker than
1: it, it would make sense you know or its brain just has to be wired differently i remember oh god years and years ago um i read a book um on ghosts in inverted commas and one of the first paragraphs in the introduction of this book, um, you read through it and you got to the bottom and it said, right, now read uh, this first page again um, and see if you can spot the errors. And there was loads of errors in this first page, like words were repeated, um, some words were missed out, some words were spelt quite strangely. Yeah. Um, but, but as your you... brain's filled in the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And one thing that always uh, I always say is that ghosts, UFOs, whatever it is, you know, how many of these are seen in the day when you feel perfectly safe, you're a completely, you know, sane, literate person um, and, you know, you've got your wits about you and it's not dark because a lot of these things always seem to happen in the dark when you can't see properly. And our main sense is sight (laughs) <laughs> I'm terribly boring and sciencey with all these things, I'm afraid. No, no. We could talk about anal probes if you want. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the science behind them. Well, that I I watched in preparation for this program, you know. I say I researched into anal probes. <laughs> but I think um the basic gist of it is that it's like the fear that people have of, I don't know, being abducted by aliens or whatever, and it's always the worst thing that you could imagine, I suppose. And so whoever sort of first came up with that gem of an idea, and that's obviously something that they were perhaps predisposed to not liking very much.
0: Yeah, so we've got a couple of early ones. I mean, we've got, obviously, we've got the likes of Roswell, uh, which is the big one. Yeah. Over here in the UK, we've got Rendlesham Forest.
1: See, I've never heard of these sorts of things. I've never really got into it that much. Um,
0: yeah, you got the Battle of Los Angeles, which was unidentified aerial objects, that triggered the firing of thousands of anti-aircraft rounds into the sky above Los Angeles. That was in 1942.
1: Oh, wow. So how much of these sort of things have ever been sort of properly acknowledged? Um, or is any of it properly acknowledged?
0: Where, where the government's come out and gone, yeah, this is what's happened, or...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't suppose there is. I know I know. in, um, in the UK in ni- 1979, there was a House of Lords debate, and they actually talk you can uh, find it if you go on google and type in house of lords debate ufo 1979 there's a transcript of um you know everything that they said and then we're legitimately talking about the danger of ufos it's like 1979 is not that long ago really
0: i can't remember what it was um, I'm sure it was a small article in the Washington Post, literally like a year or two ago, maybe three now, and one of the head blokes of some American institute of UFO, government UFO research department, uh, literally quit, because he didn't agree with, they'd done something, he didn't agree with it, and he actually said in the newspaper article that we as a world weren't prepared.
1: <sighs> no um i know St- and it was just like, stephen okay. hawkins um was dramatically against sending any sort of signal out into space um you know sort of a hey we're earth hiya does anybody want to chat to us yeah, you know right. right. hey, yeah. just dialing into the chat room anybody there hello um. Yeah, it was massively against anything like that. And I know we we can sort of like knock cinema about these sorts of ideas, but it's where we sort of express how we feel about these things. And sort of looking back at the old films, um, when we hadn't, you know, discovered the rest of our own planet properly, and when we went out adventuring to lands unknown, um, we weren't always greeted positively um you know native inhabitants of whatever island um may have fought us off or not welcomed us with open arms or what have you so i think there's elements of that that have stayed
0: yeah i mean i I can't think when or i can't think what the first film would be that sort of showed ufos to the date of when the first sightings were
1: (laughs) That's, yeah.
0: Some of some of the fifties ones, um, Invaders oh, I gotta have to Google it now, but you got like um the day the earth stood still yeah I, mean, I don't know what yeah they, like yeah 50s, they were still it, and movies, so and that stuff did then. seem
1: to happen around a similar time um but i think we were quite sort of scared in general um at that time you know like i said before about the cold war and the the aliens in inverted commas on the other side of the iron curtain you know that's how they tried to portray it there's this other type of people these you know communists they are the alien yeah and it must have been really scary the whole nuclear thing as well um I mean there's some really bizarre British um, nuclear uh, warning films and uh, safety video type things um I've seen clips and they're, they're really quite frightening so I could imagine you know when all this is going off that people are escaping to ideas of aliens
0: invading did you used to have to do a nuclear bomb drop practice at school no no we did
1: really yeah so you're not that much older than me so that sort of like surprises me a bit really yeah no, we never did i either. suppose if
0: i was like 11 if i was 11 though that would have been 86 I, w- uh, so. I was
1: five i was just starting school but i certainly don't remember yeah we
0: didn't do it many times yeah we used to have to do that we did that we'd watch when when the wind blows mm.
1: Oh, that's that by the guy that did The Snowman. Raymond Bridge, yeah. yeah, I've not seen all of that, but it looks really depressing.
0: Uh, yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> really, really depressing. I watched depressing.
0: it again a few years ago and it was like... This is a cheery film.
1: Isn't it like the husband and wife that basically die from like radiation poisoning? Yeah. Really, really slowly.
0: Yeah, you sort of in the background of the window, you see a silhouette of the mushroom cloud and they're like, oh, we'll have another cup of tea. We've got plenty of time. Oh, God.
1: See, the... I don't know, the fear of aliens thing costs... You know, when I I started off, like, say, watching Star Trek Next Generation, my initial concept of this outer realm where aliens may be was very... utopian and you know when we get out into space everything will be lovely there will be no hunger there will be no (laughs) war we will all be perfect and you know wear these really really tight uniforms and what have you um but I have to say, <laughs> as I'm now older um, and looking at the world as it is, and especially with things as they're happening right now, um, I think we're definitely going down more the route of big tech, big corporations basically running everything and this grotty <laughs> future.
0: We're going down the road of Wally. e Yeah, yeah. Where we destroy this planet and then we all fuck off into space. <laughs> yeah. Float around on sky yeah. seats. Cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's su- that's such a good film, though. And um, like when we're just these fat blobs in these automatic chairs, not even looking at reality anymore.
0: Yeah, but that film is so brilliantly done because there's no dialogue in the first like yeah. hour of it or something stupid.
1: Yeah. And I-, I always get that song stuck in my head. Um, Whatever. Oh, from the film. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever musical know. it is. Um, but it, that is a really, really good film. But actually, no, I was referring to more of a dark, gritty, dystopian future where we're sort of sending toxic waste on cargo ships and dumping it in a outer rim planet that we're not interested in. I don't know, maybe I've just got a bit fed up with society or something, but I I (laughs) just seem to think that's the direction that we're going. It's everybody's really bloody selfish, and my dreams of Star Trek, the next generation, aren't to come to fruition. It
0: does seem to be going that way more. Yeah. I was thinking that, it's not on the same lines, but I know we didn't have it as much here, but in the States they had, like, cable TV, or you'd have to pay to have this cable and that service. And I was just thinking... We seem to be, I have to pay for Amazon Prime, I have to pay for Netflix, and I just seem to be ending up subscribing to, you know, Disney Plus, all these different channels. It's just like, I never used to have to do this. Yeah, well, it's I
1: mean, this is like just old people whinging now, but like life is just a stream (laughs) of things that you have to pay for. You know, it's like you get a house... And then you've got to pay for your water and you've got to pay for your heating and you've got to pay for your electricity and you've got to pay for your insurance and you've got to pay and for your telling on oh, the tax and this and that. And it's just a series of bills, you know, and you work your arse off and your money just goes out on all these invisible things that you have no choice but to pay for. And then advertising's like, buy this new phone. You need it. It will make your life complete. Get this. Get this. You need it. Oh, I'll be all right if I get this new phone. I'll be happy. And my life isn't a complete waste
0: of I know. That's My problem is I can see the green aspect of it. It's like, I don't need a new phone. It's more waste that will just get dumped. The battery needs recycling. All that yeah. bollocks. It still works. And then I watched the Apple presentation and I'm like, oh, but my phone doesn't do that.
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, shiny well when
0: i, I need i, I need <laughs> my phone to do um, i need my phone to tie into my watch and my fridge and my glasses Ugh. but then there's other problems like but it's not good for the environment yeah And it's uh well when it's difficult
1: do you remember that uh christ i can't remember what it was called now but when the was it saturn and venus were really close to each other the com- yeah. this conversion thing conversion is that the right words? It's probably not, but I don't care. And I went outside, and it looks really, really cool, and I took a picture on my phone. I don't know what I've got. An iPhone 12 or something? I don't know. Um, And you could see it, but it were a bit grainy. And then I took his phone outside, and the photo was really good, and I was like, oh, I've just taken this on the latest iPhone, and the photo is really good, and I've like saved this picture because it's quite important, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I need to get one of them. Um,
0: it's got more filters on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can do bigger <laughs> doggies. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's a bit of a. I mean, that's just a de- depressing conversation in itself, really. I mean. But yeah,
0: I mean, getting it back to your wish of a Star Trek future and <laughs> UFOs and aliens. I think mine was probably. I don't know if it'd be something like Quatermass in the Pit or maybe Invaders from Mars. I remember watching that as a kid, and that's the one where the kid sees the spaceship land in the sand dunes over the back of his yes. house and yeah, tells yeah, his yeah, dad yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah, i have seen and that. and then
0: over time all the pet all the adults go and have a look and then they get sort of implanted in the yeah. back of their head
1: yeah
0: and then the whole town i think
1: that scared me a little infected. bit when i saw
0: it because they did a black and white version and they did a color one yeah and i, I loved that film so my introduction to aliens was probably a bit more style of course and then you had um was it tripods, tripods. did you ever watch that no B- bbc it's a bit they were like these giant three-legged robots that came from space and very wars of the world i
1: think i've seen a poster for it potentially but i've not watched it um but i saw i saw war of the worlds god hundreds of times and that that i think is what you could call a proper ufo film rather than a film with aliens in. Um, because you only actually see one proper alien, I believe, in War of the Worlds. I
0: don't think I've ever seen it. The original or the remake. Oh,
1: the remake. Blah. Tom Cruise. Blah. Um The original, all the way.
0: Science, Scientology. Oh. That's all oh, to do with God. aliens. We, well,
1: we can't, do an epi- we can't do an episode about Scientology because they'll come and but get it.
0: I think we've bashed religion enough tonight. <laughs>
1: We can't do it. But yeah, War of the Worlds and the original one. Not the radio show, the original film. Um, You only see the alien once. And I used to do a rather good impression of it when I was drunk, apparently. I don't know. Arms in the air.
0: Next week, (laughs) Hayley's getting drunk and doing an impression of War of the Worlds just for you guys. Can't see.
1: Can't see. Um.
0: (laughs) Oh, you'll see it. (laughs) I can describe it. It'd be like the original radio play. Oh, it's (laughs) It's horrific. And that's
1: with me just sitting here not doing anything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the only bit that you get of the alien. The rest is just the ship and the imposing menace of the ships, which is quite good. Um, And in the end, they get killed off by the common cold, tra-la-la, a variation of which is doing the rounds at the moment. So... I don't know, UFOs and area... Well, just Area 51, I mean, it's like... They're like a separate subject anyway. I mean, we can talk about UFOs and things in space and does alien life exist? But Area 51 is like just a massive subject on its own. I mean, is it just something that somebody picked out of existence that oh, yes, this is where all the secret stuff happens and it's all a load of rubbish, or is it Raiders of the Lost Ark? And they've got, you know, warehouses full of magical objects.
0: It's it's always been an airbase, hasn't it? Yeah. It's always been an airbase. But I suppose with it being the closest one to Roswell, was it? Um it sort of picked up that notoriety. And it is supposedly, I've never been there, quite well guarded. But I suppose something must go on there. Um
1: I mean, do you think it's I don't know, military experiments or... I mean, what do you genuinely really believe? You know, really, really, what do you really believe?
0: I think that Area 51 is a top-secret military base and what goes on there we'll probably never know for a very long time if we ever do. Is everything alien-fied? Probably not. Um, I imagine that the US Army probably used it when they were doing trying out mind control mm. tests and uh, when they did um like they were drugging them all yeah. with lsd and stuff to try and just get one up i should imagine it's more to do with that than some
1: scary enough shit just revolving around that to be honest you don't i think aliens would probably be a pretty good cover-up for some really actually genuinely horrible things that were happening you know how how do we not tell people what we're actually yeah. doing? Oh, let's create some seriously fantastical shit to cover it up.
0: Yeah, because there's supposedly reports where they drug whole platoons of soldiers to try and see how it affected them, or if they could mind control them. And
1: well, didn't I mean? Haven't they always given troops various drugs anyway? I mean, when like World War Two, aren't they? slipping them cocaine or something i'm sure i heard that one somewhere
0: probably speed to keep them going
1: yeah yeah speed rather than cocaine so doing experiments like that i mean it's not certainly not out of the realms of possibility
0: yeah i mean don't forget we've got our own area 51 in uh rudlow manor
1: no not heard of that you'll have to uh enlighten yeah
0: it's a royal air force station uh, just northeast of Bath. Oh, okay. And it's supposed to be, uh was like a RAF station, but it was kind of supposedly ended up being like a UFO centre area 51 of the UK. To the point now where Ooh. I don't think the RAF use it anymore, but they still really guard it and lock it down because mm. there's supposed to be all these tunnels underneath it.
1: Yeah. Mm. There or they could be up to no good. I mean, we, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, think. you
0: you can go on YouTube and watch videos of people trying to get in. It looks like an abandoned manor, but as soon as anyone steps foot in it, the the police or the military police are there on them really? to the point where they actually, yeah, they'll actually go and converge in like a Sainsbury's or Tesco's car park to do a bit more filming, and then the police rock up there oh wow it's yeah it's so it goes on down there but i mean
1: that I, I i can imagine things you know obviously things go on we're we're just the general population and that there themes that have been explored in films you know can we the general population um deal with the truth of things that go on and quite frankly i don't think we can i mean we can't even all stay at home when we've been told to, we are so self-important, we think we can make our own decisions, you know, in the situation that we're in. So something like uh, aliens or various other national issues, I will not trust us as far as I could throw us, quite frankly.
0: It would be a bit like uh, Mars Attacks. Yeah. Where the UFO lands and then all the public's there and someone throws that dove up and it's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: no. I love that film. Oh, I haven't seen it in ages. Pierce Brosnan's in it, isn't he? Oh, it's brilliant.
0: I love the comics. <laughs> I used to collect the trading cards.
1: Oh wow.
0: But I didn't didn't get them all, so I got rid of them, but I got a book of them. You
1: got rid of something.
0: Because I couldn't get the full set. Um... It annoyed the hell out of me, so I sold them. But yeah, it's a awesome, awesome film.
1: I think that oh No, not I think that. I hope that there is life out there somewhere, and it. I'm almost certain there is. Yeah, I think it's too. You know, it's like you said, it's too vast, and you know, going back to the sciencey stuff that we started off with, this Drake equation and what have you. You know, the maths says that basically there is something out there. Maybe not now. Maybe it's already been. Maybe it's coming. You know, we don't know. It's a bit sketchy and. It's too easy to reflect our own issues onto what we want that life to be. So, I'm in the camp of, you know, Star Trek Next Generation. I hope there is some life out there that is wonderfully peace-loving and have solved all the problems that we currently have and can teach us how to be better.
0: Waiting for us to develop the warp drive.
1: Yeah! Prime directive. (laughs) (laughs) You know... The, we, we just let's
0: be honest we, we we can't get on with ourselves
1: no i mean it's pathetic so we
0: stop warring with everyone and and all that comes down to religion
1: yeah i again you know i i've i always
0: i, I know i know i'll probably upset people but i'll say it here out in public they've tried religion for two thousand years it's not worked <laughs> give it up and try science for two thousand
1: <laughs> Look yeah. at the last
0: 2000 years. How many wars have been fought over religion?
1: Yeah. How many are still being fought? It it's re- it's really difficult because
0: I didn't plan on this being a religion bashing episode by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not about bashing religion. I mean my my, you know, best friend from school since I was little, right? There was always three of us that knocked about together. Um, um I'm still friends with both of them. And um, one of my friends, she goes to church every single Sunday without fail. We just don't talk about it. She believes in what she believes. I believe in what I believe. And that's it. And yeah. we're still friends. We Obviously, we're not seeing each other. <laughs> but, you know, we've just separated it and we're mates. And it's it's not just about religion. It's about everything. There is this massive fear of having an honest conversation these days, which i find really troubling and i've been watching this guy on youtube and i think it's called difficult conversations with a black guy might be a little bit wrong yeah and it's like he is a black guy and he's created this forum to basically have a safe space to ask all these questions that as a white person basically you feel like you can't ask or things that we're not sure of. And it's yeah. just really cool idea. And there's too many taboo subjects that we feel like we can't get into for fear of offending somebody. And I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But in the same breath, religion, I just don't... It's not that I don't get it, but why do you feel the need to believe that the things that we have are created by a sentient being? It's just mirroring what we are onto a space that we can't understand, which is like what we said at the beginning of the episode. It's the same thing with UFOs, isn't it? Yeah. And all the reasons for religion starting in the first place and needing to have some sort of control. Yeah. Oh. And there's some... Um, oh, I'm shit at remembering names. Um, oh, <laughs> Christ. Um, what's the guy that wrote The God Equation? Or oh, some other
0: books? The God Equation, The Quest for Theory of Everything?
1: Yeah, who wrote it?
0: God, I can't even say it. Me, me, Cow, Cuckoo?
1: No, no, Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so if you, like, go on YouTube and watch Richard Dawkins and there's a like an American guy that's of a similar ilk um, and Richard Dawkins is he has something which I think most of us don't possess. He's extremely straightforward and he will say exactly what he feels um, ie you know people that and I, I'm finding this really difficult to say right now um, but people that believe in religion are basically idiots and you can say that out loud, to a group of people as a scientist but incredibly politely and he's not offending anybody it's like he's making a scientific statement yeah and we feel that we like can't do that because we don't want to offend anybody and it stops real discussion you know because I, I like to think I'm open-minded I don't mind being wrong you know if I can have a discussion with somebody I'll put forward my case they put forward their case and if I am genuinely wrong then I'm like oh wow I've learned something new you know that's cool
0: well I've always said when I've pegged it and I'm stuck in the ground. If I see an old white dude with a beard, <laughs> I'll hold my hand up and say I was wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that I, I, you know, I believe that I've lived a good life. I've never hurt anybody intentionally. I've never killed anybody. But if I'm going to go to hell because I said God doesn't exist... God's a bit of a wanker quite frankly you know there are murderers out there that I'm really really sorry I didn't mean it I repent all right come on pearly gates off you go sunshine you repented you believe in me crack on but I'm you know getting a pineapple shoved up my bum by the devil so
0: sounds much more fun
1: (laughs) oh god they've got the best music (laughs) although I don't want to listen to cradle of filth for all eternity quite frankly I did my Cradle of Filth phase. I am out of it now.
0: Be that blues musician that sold his soul to the devil on the crossroads. Ah.
1: But if you want to get involved in the conversation, um chat to us on Twitter, um, Instagram, um you can find us at Nerd Bunker Pod. Um we're on Facebook. You can send us a message there. Um, if you are really enjoying our driveling conversations, um, go to patreon.com and find our page. You can become one of our faithful followers and help support the channel so we can grow. Um, and, you know, we, we just like sitting here talking bollocks for an hour and <laughs> it'd be nice if you joined in. <laughs> well,
0: we talk bollocks for more than an hour. We just record an hour <laughs> of it. I know. <laughs> um
1: so have you got anything exciting planned for next week
0: no pretty much more of the same
1: mm, i won't mind the sun lounger and a cocktail by a pool that'd be quite nice and our dear our dear health secretary has said the british holidays will be on this summer where are you going to go? Yeah,
0: but he's a cock. Um, where are we going to go? Oh, Probably nowhere, because okay. we looked and the prices have gone <laughs> sky high.
1: Have they?
0: Yeah.
1: I ain't not even looked. At, like I said we've still got a deposit held from last year on one holiday that's been postponed like twice now. Um, so that may still happen. Um, but if they try and put the price up, they can kiss my arse, because I'm not <laughs> paying anymore. Um, but it won't be a cocktail and the sun lounger. It'll be a... Cup of tea on a plastic patio chair.
0: <laughs> the, thermos on the pier.
1: Oh, God, behind uh, what they call them windbreaks. In the bus shelter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating your fish and chips in rain.
0: <laughs> in your, your goggle.
1: Oh, the great British holiday. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Haley, And
0: I've been Michael.
1: And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.
0: Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Intro music is battle theme by Kamiku, and is used under Creative Commons Zero License. All copyrights
1: are property of their holders, and everything else belongs here in the bunker. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram at NerdBunkerPod and like us on Facebook.
0: Please leave a review as it really helps them out. Thank you for listening.
1: They're coming for me!